Hello everybody, welcome to your Blood Red podcast. I'm Andy Kelly and today I'm joined by Christian Walsh and joined by Neil Jones. And we're here to look back on another good weekend for the Reds. Another possible banana skin uh, for the team, but one they've successfully negotiated. Christian, uh, you were down at uh, Selhurst Park with Piercy. And, uh, you know, I think we'd all have taken any sort of win before we went down, but it was probably a bit better than that, wasn't it? Absolutely. As you say, banana skin is, is, the, right, is the right term. You look at the next, you know, six, seven, eight fixtures and, and Palace away and Southampton away with the two that really stood out like a sore thumb. Um, after beating West Brom away last, uh, West Brom at home, sorry, last week. Um, was it West Brom at home last week? Yeah, yeah it was West Brom. That, that feels like a long You've had a long journey ago. back from London, that, haven't yeah. you? Diversions everywhere. It's tough um, in that passenger seat, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I got the bruising. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's after after that that, that, that Pulis game felt like a, a you know a hurdle cleared, and, and then you looked at Palace and you thought, you know, a place that Liverpool don't normally win, a place that's you know obviously not been very kind to them in in recent past. Although they have won two of the last three games there, funnily enough. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just a case of keep on winning and 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 just keep on getting the points on the board. I think many Liverpool fans would have possibly taken a point if they were being honest before the game. Uh, but once the game started and you know Klopp wasn't happy with the first fifteen minutes, he said. But you, you could just tell that Liverpool are a level above these sorts of teams now, and I think that's what stood out most most for me is that you, you know I was I was uh, talking to Neil Mellor on on Friday and he, he made a similar point saying. You know these teams. Liverpool are worrying about Palace. You know what about Benteke? What about these other players? But at some point soon, Liverpool fans have got to sort of say, "Well, hold on, they're probably absolutely terrified of us." And, and the way Liverpool are playing, they are. After the first fifteen minutes, and once the first goal went in, yes, there was the defensive lapses and whatnot. But it was just clear that Liverpool were a, were a good level above Crystal Palace, and and, and so it proved. Jonesy, there was a sort of twenty-minute period in the first half where there was, you know, Liverpool were really. Exhilarate and Palace had, had a spell early in the second half where they where they were dangerous and you worried whether you know they were going to get you know back into it. But uh, you know it was a well deserved win in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, you know you look they hit the hit the woodwork twice. They've uh, they've forced the keeper into a, a, a save, uh, at least one one good save, probably two. And I think that's the, the key. You know, a little a little bit like the Liverpool team of of a couple of seasons ago that you do get the impression that the, there's one more goal in them just about any circumstance in the game even if it goes to 2-2 or it goes to you know tight into the last 15 minutes you do get the impression that they'll they will create another chance and they will take it you know more often than not um yeah i, I agree with christian I, I i thought the point would have been a good result and i think it, it, i think it's important for some fans to get their head around the fact that liverpool probably will draw games at some point it might be either, it might even be at home you know well, we but, spoke about that United point and how yeah. it might be a good point depending on how we did yeah. against West Brom and Crystal Palace. Yeah. That looks a good point against United now to me. Yeah, it was. If nothing else, it stopped United gaining any ground, hasn't it? You know, and I know, I know it was a bit frustrating on the night, and it, you know, you can pick the bones out of the performance, and you can pick the bones out what it means. But you don't win every game, and Liverpool have won a good good number of games already this season. There will be a setback at some point. It might, it could easily have been on Saturday because. They shot themselves in the foot a couple of times, you know, with conceding equalisers, and you can make you can make a case that they maybe could have shot themselves in the foot again after the break with some of the penalty appeals and a couple of the chances the Palace had. But I think I think what what's positive is that Liverpool they they're passing these tests and they're getting they're getting to the stage where 
you think, ah, this is the one, this is the one that's going to trip them up, and then they go on an extra one, and, you know, looking at the fixtures, as Christian said there, looking at the fixtures, they can go on a little bit longer, I think. The, was anyone having any of those penalties? I mean, obviously Liverpool could have had one with the, the handball, but um, I have to say I thought the third one, the Chan challenge, was probably the closest to being one, and, and, and might on another day might might have gone Palace's way. I mean, I must say, I'll, I'll put the caveat here that Crystal Palace have the worst press box in, in, in certainly in the Premier League. It's like watching it in, in someone's living room. It's, it's absolutely through the window. It's absolutely awful, so... Didn't see the, uh, in real time, didn't see the handball. I thought it was just a brilliant man down the save. But I think that's a penalty all day long, personally. I think his hand's in, in an unnatural position. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest, there was there was that spell where, uh, obviously, Zahar goes down and then Matip sort of bundles someone over. Ben Seke. And, and in real time, you just it was an eight-second period where there were just limbs flying everywhere. And you see it so many times in, in football where one penalty isn't given and then for some reason, two seconds later, in comes another yeah. challenge and then the ref goes... Penalty. It's almost it like happens, a, it's weird, Palace, isn't it? Palace got one almost identical to what Ben Seke did against last home game, West Ham at home, and Ben Seke missed the penalty. And yeah. it, was, it was almost identical. There was a big appeal, and then it broke, and Ben Seke got clobbered by, I think it was Mark Noble. Mm. It's but, almost there's two 50 50 yeah. penalties. So that's just 75, add up to 25, yeah. yeah the difference was Matip got the ball. Yeah. And then yeah. Came, Mark Noble missed it, obviously. I think it was Mark Noble. Um, I don't think any of them were penalties, mate. I, I mean, I can see why it been at the other end. Liverpool would have been screaming for the 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 one you're talking about, the Chan one on Zahar. But to me, you know, when you hear someone like Danny Murphy on Match of the Day saying, oh, "But there's contact," and you're like, "Yeah, I know there's contact, but there's not." You know, we're past the contact. Can we get, can we get no, to the no. point where you know contact doesn't mean you're face down in the penalty area on the floor? You know, if if it impedes, yeah, then yeah, it's a penalty. But I don't think it impeded him personally. I think Chan just lent on him and he he felt. Someone lean on him and thought, yeah, I can hit the deck now. Interesting comments from just really quickly from Graham Pohl. I think it was in the mail talking about refereeing decisions and how Mariner might be one of those referees who doesn't like the fact that he gets stick from from the home fans because they were on his case from from second one. I don't know if it came across on TV, but they absolutely despised Mariner and he gave them not an all game. I'm not saying they were penalties. I'm not saying, but every fifty fifty he was given to Liverpool. I thought for, I mean. You know, certainly for 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 a good portion of the game, and it was just wind them up, and you see challenges, and you go, "What's going on here?" And he'd he'd blow up the other way, and for the in Liverpool's favour, and you just lose the heads, and it's it's you know fair play to him, you know looking at it from from obviously a Liverpool's perspective, fair play to him for not trying to a even it up or b bow to that crowd pressure and and give one of those penalties when they were all for me, you know, very peripheral. We've spoken a lot about the the front four, if you like, um, so. Don't want to talk too much about about them. I thought some of their control of the ball when the balls were played in from midfield was oh, exceptional. Oh, you said that, didn't you? The, uh, said the speed which they can they can play inside areas. You said it was. I mean, that twenty minute period was was superb, and uh, um, but I wanted to focus on maybe a couple of players who were sort of involved at the other end of the pitch. Um, Loris Carius has finally made a save, and uh, you know a bloody good one. I thought um, that was that was the sort of sneaky. I've been a supporter of Simon Mignolet, but I have a feeling that Benteke one at the near post on the turn is just the sort of goal that that Simon Mignolet can let in. And I thought Carius did well to keep it out in terms of where it went to. Um, he had obviously on the other side of the coin dodgy moment with the Lovren a mistake. And um, everyone's just wondering, why on earth doesn't he put his hands up? 
Does anyone have an answer for this? Does he think he might be out of the area? I think no, I don't think it's out of the area. I think he, his mentality is if I touch when Lovren passes it back, he thinks if I touch this, it's a red card. So I think he's already got his arms down by his side. Just for as a pass back, sort as of a thing. pass back. Because I think he was playing it to Klein, wasn't he? I think Lovren. Well, you <laughs> it was so bad a pass you I, couldn't I, I, tell yeah. who. I think I think he was going to the right back as well. Yeah. but I think. I think there would have been an appeal. If, if yeah. Carriers comes out and, and blocks it, I think there would have been a, an appeal and would have been a, a, the referee would have had to make a judgment call on whether he maybe did. Mean it. So I think his hands are sore. So I mean, he's, the, the, the more important point is he shouldn't have been off his land. In, in my, you know, well, I, I think goalkeepers, they're the most panicky species <laughs> in a football team, in my opinion. They love... They love racing out. And you see how many times you see a goalie, not, not this is Carriers, by the way, this is goalies, general they rush out and a striker goes round like like check against um what more on Saturday Saturday uh, on the early game say to Duncan Watmore who's, who's a striker say go on then I'm Petr Cech you're, you're Duncan Watmore what are you going to do you're going to beat me and if he slots it you say fine Petr Cech runs out probably because they've got the red card and I, can't. I think Carriers should have said right that's that's tough that's up in the air okay it's a mistake and Lovren's panic but James McArthur's got to be there bang a header past me from 18 yards or take two or three good touches to get it down and beat me and I think he should have been saying I think I think goalie should be cooler and say nah I'm going yeah, I'm to I'm I'm just stay here and you've got to do something to beat me and I think the only way that MacArthur could have scored was by Carrius doing what he did but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I'll give a shout out here because we get loads of stick for giving Carrius loads of stick it would not yeah. deliberately and if Mignolet does it it's the same it's just that's my opinion. I think I think the goalie on this occasion made the striker's mind up for him. I agree with you, and I think it's one of the worst thing keepers do is is make up a striker's mind because there's no harder. To, so we all know the hardest. Rayner was brilliant at it for a spell where he yeah. would come, he would do it as if he was going to do it, and the striker would start waiting for the the foul, and then Rayner would stay on his feet and just sort of shepherd them away. And, and he'd and, blown his mind by yeah, then because yeah. he yeah. yeah. And I did think that when I looked at the replay, if he had stayed on his line, and I just say this in his defence. We'd all have been shouting because we because Maybe. because we wouldn't have seen that he couldn't quite get the ball yeah. in terms of timing. You, you know, yeah. we'd all have been going. Why didn't he come out for that? He, he could have got it. I thought you meant to be a goalkeeper who comes off yeah, the line. And, off and, and, you know, the other thing we should point out in Carrius's defence, maybe the instruction he's under is, if it's there, I want you, I want you clean and everything. I want you off, you know, decisive. Basically, I don't want you half and half. And I think he maybe, maybe. I mean, the other thing he maybe thought. Maybe he's just misjudging thoughts. Oh, I can definitely get this. Yeah, I think I think when he came, or he thought was, he could get there. I mean, because it was a bad, but I mean, oh, I say a bad ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of I mean, it's, it loops up in the air, doesn't it? In yeah. the hands, you know. Yeah. Even that's a bit unlucky from Liverpool's perspective, in the sense yeah. that it gives James McArthur a, a chance to adjust himself and yeah. nod it. The um, don't think we're don't think we're seeing him sort of command a, a six-yard box even still are we a little bit better I thought against Palace I thought he was taking a couple of things where maybe against Swansea or, or, or those sorts of teams he wasn't he, he took a few I know it sounds silly but you know he bought him to do more than this but he took a few routine catches where he was very much you know very comfortable think, and looked at this music quickly as well because I think Premier League teams aren't soft and, and I think although although you might miss a few of you coming I think once you get a reputation as being a uh, you know, um, inverted commas, dodgy keeper or a, a nervous goalkeeper. That's what that's what you're going to be testing with. They're going to, you know, I think if you can discourage teams maybe from crossing occasionally and say, well, hang on, 
I'm not just going to hang one up to the, to the middle of the goal because this goalie will come and punch you. I think you've got you've got to do that just to just to put a little bit of doubt in the other teams. I think back. the best thing that happened in Pepe Reina's uh, Liverpool career was doing that ridiculous. Well, to say ridiculous. I knew what he was what he was going for, but that error against um, Everton in the three 0 the Andy Johnson one because then he got this unfair label. He kept like what three or four clean sheets in his first. It was a different season. Sorry, ignore me about that. But <laughs> but people thought he was on Cross. the team. Yeah, cut that one. Um, he thought people thought he was on the team because our oh, idiots he can't take a cross. What he was trying to do in that, it's, it's trying to get the, the yeah, trying to throw it over the bar and just trying to get the game restarted as quickly as possible. Because of that, he started raining balls in like in the next subsequent four or five games, and he was catching them like yeah. it was bread, it was bread and butter for him because he was absolutely he was fine on crosses. The thing I'd say about Carries is it'd be it's unbelievable how quickly you can change the perception of yourself. Yeah. He oh, just yeah. needs one great punch, one great yeah. out. Through players and take, yeah. and suddenly that'll go on a highlights reel of some t- of you know of, of the TV or whatever, Definitely. and everyone in the country sees it, and everyone goes, "Oh, he's good on crosses." Another thing I'd point out: who's good at crosses in the Premier League? You know, who do you know, who do you think when you go someone who comes and commands in the Premier League? Because I, I I had a little look at some of the goalies, and I think Czech Czech is one that. Who's pretty good? Although I've seen him make mistakes. And he had his bad two yeah. years after Lottie, his head. I've seen Lottie have rushes of blood where he comes and you think, "What are you doing off your line?" There? Most overrated keeper in the Premier League. Lottie. There you go. Lottie. There you go. Yeah. Kelly Slot and Lottie. No, yeah. but I've seen Courtois make errors. I saw Courtois make one. You know, Swansea a couple of weeks ago where he comes yeah. back, comes off. Um, you know, you, would you want Aurelio Gomez or would you want Adrian? You know, these they're on. There aren't keepers anymore. Who are, yeah. There are no Ray Clemences in the Premier League who come and catch everything in the world, and you know, who, who you, you hear his voice a mile away, and he catch, you know, he comes. It just maybe goalkeeping's a little bit different, and maybe maybe you, you, we are sort of adapting to the idea that goalies aren't what they used to be, and and they, they have a different role to maybe maybe be a bit more reactive. And I also think that a lot of goalkeepers now are, are, are sort of. Encouraged to think about the next step straight away, which yeah. which obviously meant me- mentally, you know, you go back to the seventies and eighties or whatever. Their 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 job is to stop the ball going in the goal, so yeah. they've got no problem in just going. There's the ball, here's the goal. I'm going to stop that from happening. When play when goalkeepers are coming for balls after time for crosses, you can already see them the sort of halfway through catching it and then they're throwing it out. Well, Carius was was heading to was heading to throw one out on on Saturday and. Uh, what, was it MacArthur? I think yeah, grabbed him by the arm, or, and uh, yeah, definitely should have been booked. And that was it was good to see that he was looking to get on the front foot. Um, yeah. Should mention, great to see the two centre half scoring. I mean, it's almost it's too mind blowing to discuss, isn't it? I would have thought the first time in forty eight years was it in the league? In the league, in the league first yeah. Time since April <laughs> in, yeah. a, in all comps. I mean, what lover and great character to come back from the mistake, and you know, fair play to him for that. Matic, what a leap that is! Yeah. You know, how's it? And I think his his ability to oh, that little bit of pace got him away from the coming, defender. Yeah, he's been that, hasn't oh, I've been he? He's been coming. I mean, from his first game at Tottenham, at both ends, he seems to be quite magnetic at corners. He seems to be. You look and you go. You know, when you as you know, in your press box, you go. Who got his head on? Who got the head on that? Or Matty, you know, and yeah, yeah. the corner or it's been cleared, and you you, you notice that a lot. Lovren, Lovren should score more from. Um, from set pieces because he he's a good attacker of the ball yeah. and he's one of them that love and you know I mean he did he's score got no, he's got no um, filter so he, he doesn't mm-hmm. notice you know if you like other people you know you get some some players who go for headers and they'll sort of wince and think I'm going to get clattered here 
Lovren is one of them who will, will, will head it and then he'll take the hit and yeah. like wake up two days later and say, I don't remember anything what's going on. And I think he should, it's good to see. It's it good, he scored against West Brom effectively, didn't he, before the keeper hold it, you know, hold, mm-hmm. hold it out the top corner and he was 40-1 to one first and last goal scorer <laughs> on Saturday. Yes, I did back him and yes, I am annoyed he got the third. But uh, Always back know. each way, and Yeah, I should do. But, but, you uh, know, with, with, with Lord, I mean, I remember in his first couple of seasons, um, he said, you know, he was getting into good positions and he just wouldn't get the right purchase on it or he just put too much on it. He, he always goes for the power, doesn't he? He always yeah. goes for, like, the bullet header. The bullet header. But, you know, it's good to see them evading and, you know, what you've got to say about that as well is that the balls in by Coutinho are absolutely superb. Yeah. You know, everyone should be pleased. Yes, he's... Well, he's an older's column, which will go up sort of roughly the same time this pod has him reflecting on no one should be allowed to take a corner apart from Coutinho now. Because he, he's, he's had enough of watching years of rubbish James corners. Miller last, James Miller last year, he was, every week, he was asking me, what's James Miller doing in that <laughs> training ground? So hopefully, you know that that sort of delivery continues and uh, means you're getting a, you know, an inswing of one side and an outswing of the other, I suppose. But yeah. uh, you know, a fair play. Also, want to have a quick word about Alberto Moreno. Thought we saw some very good things from him, and then the usual sort of error from him as well. Didn't do so great on the on the goal. Christian did that hands behind the back thing. It's, it's the hands behind the back movement. You know what? I'll sort of I'll back him up. I mean, I criticised him for, for his role in that goal. I thought that second goal in general there was three big battles that Liverpool lost. I thought Benteke's winning the flick on a little bit too easily. I think Moreno stands off um, Zahar a little bit too much, and I think Lovren gets beaten in the air by by essentially a what, five foot ten centre uh, centre yeah. midfielder. Yeah. Just with a little so, bit of movement in front of him, wasn't but it? Obviously, the Moreno one sort of stood out. Like, I can see why he didn't go towards Zaha because Zaha is the sort of uh, winger who can, who can sort of just do a quick little trick and then he really is on goal, you know. So I can see why he's done that. It's the hands behind the back movement that I think rankles with, with many. You can you can understand why he's doing. He's thinking handballs or whatever, but it's just it does, it's just not good. It just it very very rarely works. Does it? You're making yourself a smaller target, you know. If you're gonna yeah. you know if it hits your hand yeah. and it's an unintentional handball and the ref sees it the other way. So be it. Sometimes you've got to you've got to try your best because you're making yourself. He's not a big lad anyway, Moreno. You've got to try and make yourself. If you are going to stand off someone, at least make yourself as big as possible. I'm not saying you know do the grubble hard wobbly legs with your arms outstretched, but just you know make that decision and say I'm going to make myself as as, as imposing as possible here. You know it was poor, but of course it was poor from from a number of players in that yeah. goal. So well, on the positive side for Moreno, you know, assist for the first goal, got forward well, and a you know a nice ball back for Chan. And then obviously, um, you know, did what what we know he can do, which is sort of get in good position and just hit it as hard as he can and hit the, <laughs> hit the post. That sort of is yeah. that should be his first line on Wikipedia, shouldn't it? Um, gets in good position, hits it as hard good, as he can. Good blanner. Yeah, yeah. Blanner. And uh, you know, another day that gets just inside the, the stanchion, and you know, we're talking about you know, cracking. I thought he showed a, a fair bit of technique as well, though. To be fair to him, I, I think I think Milner helps a lot in that in that. Um, Left hand side because he's right footers and it makes me wonder if, you know, Joe Gomez might find himself a little niche there. Um, I know obviously Klopp fancies him as a centre back, but you know, it just it gives a little bit of balance the fact that Milner can sort of come onto his right foot, open up the pitch, and then there's all sorts of these options ahead of him. So it's a little bit harder for Marino. I thought it looked a little bit weird having a left. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it looked a bit weird having a left footer uh, at left back against Palace, but. He did well, you know. He, he sort of because he, the, the the balls always going, the, the the movements always away from his strongest foot. So I thought he did well to sort of readjust and, and 
and get involved in those moves. It wasn't just a case of just careering down the line and putting his head down yeah. and whipping balls in. He was trying to cut inside and link. and just yeah, trying to link up. And obviously, you saw that with the number one with the assist, the number two with the when he hit the post. Jonesy, lovely pass from Jordan Henderson, albeit that the two centre halves for Palace had decided yeah. they didn't want to talk to each other and were avoiding <laughs> yeah. each other. But uh, for, was reading the program. Yeah, um, it reminded me of the albeit that was on the ground. Uh, it reminded me of of one he played in the air for Sturridge, I think, when um, he then set it up for Mane against uh, Leicester. 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 Um, that little one. it was like a first time ball yeah. from midfield to an attacker who was sort of on on on, on the shoulder yeah. of somebody and. Uh, He's, kind of, he's kind of got quarterback sort of thing. Wasn't yeah, it, like? he, he. I thought he had another. Re- he did some terrific distribution, Henderson. I thought, yeah. and um, you know, he's. You know, he. The the travails of last season seem well left behind, don't they? That that's the key thing, isn't it? You know, the fitness and, you know, it sounds like we were we were, broken records at times last season. Where, where every time we'd mentioned Jordan Henderson in an article, it would be. Hasn't been able to get a rhythm going. He's been troubled by this long-standing heel problem. He's had this and that setback, and you know he's promising that you know he's desperate to get back to full fitness. And you know he wasn't lying, was he? You know he was he was telling the truth, and and we've seen the impact. You know since since maybe the Burnley game when he didn't have a great afternoon, Liverpool didn't have a great afternoon. And he got a lot of criticism. I can remember being stood in the the room in Turf Moor, and. Jürgen Klopp was like sort of face to face arguing with journalists. Why do I need to sign a centre midfielder? Why why are you saying I need a centre midfielder? And they were saying because because this and that. And um, he since then Henderson's been been excellent. I think he was top of both passing and tackling in the game on Saturday. Which well, if you play number number six, it's a club number six. That that's, isn't it? That's exactly yeah. what you need to be, isn't it? And top that you got an assist. Top that he scored a few goals. Well, he scored a goal. He's got a few assists this season. He's <laughs> no, also. He's I'm, also. I'm, I'm not. I'm not taking many marks off. I don't know. I don't know where no, he's taking marks off. He's also, and I know, like I've, I've had criticism for this before as well. But Henderson is 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 doing a captain's role now. Where people always say to me, "Oh, well, you you never focus on his football. You're always focused on the emotional aspect of it and and what he's like as a person." But as a captain now, he he, he was in the referees here yeah, a lot. He, he was going over. He was calming people down when there was flashpoints. He was. Yeah. You know, he was just sort of taking time out the game. He was holding on to footballs at three two, and yeah. it was just you know needed the stink taking out the game. It was the it was the, a pure captain's well, performance. Do you remember the the moment? I mean, I, I I'm, I'm pretty sure we covered or we, we mentioned it on on either a podcast or in an article. But do you remember it was against West Brom when Gerard was still playing for Liverpool, and he and he, Henderson had to go with Gerard. I think it was two one in the last minute in front of the main stand, and Gerard. I think he took a th- either took a throw in quickly or he took a. Took out a, a free kick quickly when Liverpool were holding on to a lead, and, and, and Henderson, you could hear him from the from the press box. Stephen, you know, calm it down. I think you've seen. I think he's learned that from Gerrard, and I think he's taking it on. And and people talk about his leadership and say, oh, he, you know, he's not a, he's not a captain. He's not a non Liverpool captain. Well, I think I think he is, and I think he's he's growing even more into that role, even down to the fact, you know, if you look at. Look at down to the fact that when he captained England and he got a little bit of stick for his his debts there in in the tunnel, but I think that's 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 a captain. You know, I don't want my captain shaking hands with the opposition. You know, I don't want I don't want him greeting his, his long lost mate like you know like like oh we're gonna have a, a lovely little day. Here. You know, I I want him. And just, I remember Gerard doing it with Michael Owen at Newcastle the year yeah, Liverpool nearly won the league in two thousand and nine. Owen was sort of ready for the the, the the handshake in the tunnel and Gerard just. Blanked them, stayed ahead. I'm sure they had a good chat after the game, but that's that's where it's for after the game. And I think 
I think Jordan growing into his role but very nice. He's also very sweary when Liverpool score. Yeah. And it, 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 it's, it's so funny to see. I, I don't know what goes through his mind, but it's just a load of Fs and, just and, loses and, and, it. and Ss. And... I should say, when Jordan was talking about talking on the pitch, I thought it was great, just going back to the uh, EFL game with Trent Alexander-Arnold, when he was passing the ball sort of from right full back back into the centre halves, he was pointing at Lucas, telling them where the ball needs to go next. As Liverpool's like, you know, eighteen year old kid telling the longer yeah. serving player at the club where that ball needs to go next. And just really quickly, just the final point, that's that's Klopp there. And I think you can over you can overstate and you can understate Klopp sometimes, but that for me is and, and, and what we were saying about Henderson there, I think Klopp has a big part to play in that and he, he's he's real he's really cultivating that sort of atmosphere in, in the in the club. So listen, let's let's look at this in the round to finish off. We can't there's no point pretending if anyone was pretending, and we certainly haven't been pretending on this podcast, um, we're always positive, and we've had us in this title race since game one. I think um, we're we're in it. There's, you know, that's as much as we can say. But there's no point pretending. You know, even Jurgen, I don't think, has almost. You know, even he said on Saturday, I think, you know, let's let's just see where things take us. But there's only, you know, he knows what people are talking about. You know, in terms of where we want to go, and even he. For, for all that, it's absolutely right that he's, you know, one game at a time and that's the only thing that will work for us. But I think it's all right for the fans now to be saying, you know, we don't know if we're going to win it, but we've got, we, we can win it. Even we're good Klopp, enough. Even Klopp's rhetoric's changing slightly, though. Even, even, even listening to what he's saying now compared to three or four games ago, it's just, it's, it, he, he's gone from flat out dismissing it to really, you know, no one's ever won a league and whatever, to... Well, I don't know what it takes to win a, to, to win a Premier League, you know. But he's not sort of openly dismissing it now. I think I think he knows Liverpool are in title race, and I think he's probably telling the players that as well. John, are you excited? Yeah, I'm actually. Yeah, I I, I know why I know why people don't want to talk about it, and I know why we get so much stick whenever we mention the the T word or the or the the, the C word, not that C word. <laughs> oh, that's the championship word. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, and I know why because because they've been burnt, and and they, I I think Liverpool fans are very acutely aware of how they're perceived by fans of other clubs, and they're always perceived as being the optimists and the next year and this year, you know it's going to happen. It's come on, this is our time. This is it. And I think I think people have been stung by that and don't really want to allow themselves to do it and. Listen, Doyle, Doyle's one, you know, we, we, Ian Doyle is on this podcast. He's been doing this he's for a very long time, him, He's never forgiven himself for, for after the Norwich game in 2013-14. He allowed himself to think that Liverpool were going to win the league. And he's never, he'll, he'll never do it again, like, you know, he, until until he's sort of, he's doing the 16-page supplement for, for the Echo. <laughs> you know, he won't allow himself to believe that Liverpool could possibly win the league again. And I think there are people like that, but... From my point of view, I don't, I don't see why it shouldn't be something. It should be what you're aiming for at the start of the season, and when you start playing well, it should be something that you, you start to see looming into sight. And you know, Liverpool haven't got a lot of distractions between now and the end of the season. There's not one team in the league that Liverpool should be fearful of, home or away. There's not one game that I don't think Liverpool could win. Ultimately, what are you in there for? Do you want to get to game 35 where Liverpool need a win? To win the league, you know, as, as, as mad as that might sound, do you want to get to game 35, 36 and say, all right, Liverpool come in the league now? Or do you want to go on a journey and, yeah. and enjoy yourself from November exactly. onwards and, and, and going and, along and, for the ride? And, and say, listen, how good was that end at Crystal Palace when, when they got the fourth goal? You know, yeah. that was massive. That, you know, I remember that season, that, that 2013 14 season. Of all the moments that stand out for me, there's two, sorry, three. Coutinho, Coutinho's winning against City being number one. 
the other two would be Fulham. Gerard scoring the penalty in the last minute, which was in January or February. And the other one was Mignolet on the first day of the season, saving the penalty from Stoke. Yeah. And the and Anfield being like, I've never seen it before on the opening. Like, the sleepiest half one kickoff. And and it was like because it felt like that kept the season yeah, alive, exactly, unbelievably. Yeah, exactly, yeah, it did, it <laughs> in the first like, game, it felt like right, yeah, we're, we're in this, you know. Like, yeah. uh, and I think Rogers, Brendan Rogers, came into the press conference with a big grin, said top of the league, and you know everyone laughed. And you know, oh, God, they were so close. Well, I, I know of one um, prominent, shall we say, Merseyside-based journalist who who uh, who mentioned to me that he's already had a look at the run-in. And uh, it's quite, it's quite impressed with what he sees. Um, but we're going to have a lot of fun uh, on the way to that, and uh, hopefully we stay in it right till the end. Uh, we'll be back to talk about the next, uh, the next step on that journey uh, later in the week when we look ahead to the uh, visit to Anfield of Watford. Till then, thanks for listening. Uh, see you later in the week. Ook bewust bezig zijn met je mobiel? Dat kan al voor 11 euro per maand met mijn sim only. Nu met 100 minuten of sms'jes en 2500 MB 4G internet. Kijk op ben.nl.